0: Hola y bienvenidos a la Deuce's Wild Daily Hustle. Soy Enrique Byron. It's no abate, poor, no filter network. Will the Thrill, not here today. Miguelito San not with us today. But, dead or alive, job or no job, here or not here, each and every single morning we come on here, we properly salute our boys Yes, 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 yes. Woo! Remember this, folks. When we are juiceful, we are useful. And when we are juiceless, we are fucking useless. It is as simple as that. Uh, of course, we are brought to you by Bet Online. That's right, the holiday season is off and running with NFL in full stride and NBA and NHL hitting mid-season form. BetOnline is your number one destination for all of your sports wagering. With up-to-the-minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, predictions, Bet Online is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports. I mean, how low can we go? That's the only question. Are there little league lines that we could potentially play? I mean, at least travel ball lines. That would be fun. BetOnline is not only just for the big four. BetOnline has available information at your fingertips and desktop for all sorts of other sports, including MMA and International Soccer. So nothing here about travel baseball. Head to Bet Online today. And remember to use our promo code Believe, Capital B L E A V. Bet Online where the game starts. Also, don't forget about our partners at KT Tape. You got the QR code if you're watching live. On No Filter Network in the upper, I don't know, I think it's the right-hand corner. It's that one. It's off of my left hand. But nonetheless, I think it's your guy's right-hand corner. Hit the QR code. Get yourself a discount. I think all you got to do is you put your email address in. You get 15% off of KT Tape. Uh, The science behind that is pretty simple you put the tape on it lifts the skin it promotes blood flow to the area it reduces inflammation and alleviates pain and then lastly let's not forget about our guy jory over at verge that's right jory has uh, supplied us with all sorts of verge products we just got a new shipment in yesterday But here we are, once again, I'm going to take my Morning Verge shot. I actually had one of these earlier today. So this is number two, where this is a cannabis-based product. Jory sent me a little more information about it. It is fantastic. It's a real shot of life. Helps with focus. Doesn't give you that jittery sort of, eh, that potentially you would get with Adderall or something else. This really dials me in for, I don't know, the next... Half hour to hour that I'll be doing this show. So, salute everybody. Mm. (sighs) Go to triverge.com to learn more about that. Okay. The Daily Hustle email this morning was really built off of yesterday. And Ronald Acuna Jr. I can't tell you how impressed i am with obviously the work ethic of ronald acuna jr but also and most importantly here of my title every day i'll go i'll write these dhs and sometimes i'll come up with titles that are not dog shit to be totally transparent but there's other days it's like man i fucking nailed it well today i think i drilled this one Ronnie Baseball. That's right. Buenos dias. Today is Tuesday, November 21st, 2023. Daily Hustle quote of the day. Quote, there's always time to learn. There's always time to improve. And that's one of the reasons why I'm here. To improve every day. Ronald Cunha Jr. on why he's in Venezuela playing winter ball. Daily Hustle translation. On... The same night Ronald Cunha Jr. took home NLMVP, took home NLMVP, he played his first winter league game of the season in Venezuela. Oh, yeah. He hit a monster nuke as well. Because why the fuck wouldn't he? Bottom line is that if we want to be great, we have no choice but to be obsessed. Obsession is not a singular act. It is a consistent habit of doing whatever it takes to improve upon our craft. Repeated acts become habits, habits become character, and ultimately our character will lead us to our destiny. Let's just make sure to act wisely with great consistency and great intentions, because at the end of the day, what we do is going to determine exactly who we are, EB. All right. I talked about it yesterday. There's no need to go into a big rant about it today but if you think about the quote in, I actually had another quote this morning that was really similar to what I talked about. And basically our actions create our habits, our habits create our character and our character leading to our destiny. Uh, I can go one step further. I can put routines in there. The habits then become routines. And then the routines essentially become our character. But at the end of the day, and with all of this, the bottom line is that what we do is who the fuck we are. So if you're a baseball player and you want to get better, you know what you got to do? You got to play baseball. If you're an electrician, and you want to become a better electrician, you know what you got to do? Electrify shit. If you're a plumber, you want to become a better plumber, you know what you got to do? You got to plumb shit. I don't know. You guys get what I'm saying though, right? And by the way, I read an article the other day about the benefits of the trade industry. And here we are, it became super cool. Everyone's got to go to college and everyone's going to work in the corporate world where now more than ever, people in the trade industry, be that the plumbers, the electricians, uh, the people that go out there and actually physically do the work. I imagine like even like the painting industry, whatever, anyone who's in construction, that's huge because you have all these people getting away from actually wanting to do the fucking work themselves. And now they're in such high demand that those prices are skyrocketing. They're seeing an electrician, like literally straight out of his apprenticeship, could make a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. And then eventually start his own company, his or hers, I should say. And within a few more years, have a $10 million plus business so this is definitely not something that you're going to want to shy away from all right the top articles of the day in the top news right now here on the deuce Wild daily hustle podcast the padres hold on a second breaking news the san diego padres are going to hire Mike Schilt as their new manager. Boom! You heard it here first on the Daily Hustle. The Padres are hiring Mike Schilt as the team's new manager. Sources told ESPN on Tuesday. Bob Melvin uh, was their manager. He left, obviously, to go to San Francisco. So it says here the San Diego Padres are hiring Mike Schilt. As their new manager, turning to the former St. Louis Cardinals manager to replace Bob Melvin, who left the team for division rival San Francisco Schilt, 55, served as a senior advisor for the Padres after the Cardinals surprisingly let him go following the 2021 season and was seen as the favorite to take over after San Diego granted Melvin permission to talk with the Giants about the job, despite having one year remaining on his contract, the Padres entered the 2023 season with World Series aspirations and wound up in a season-long tailspin that led them to an 82-and-80 record. Despite a record payroll approaching $250 million. Fuck, man. I didn't realize their payroll is that big. And a team loaded with stars, the Padres faltered, finishing behind the National League West champion Los Angeles Dodgers and the Arizona Diamondbacks who made it to the World Series out of a wild card spot. Schilt inherits a team that could be in transition. Ace Blake Snell, closer Josh Hader, and right-hander Seth Lugo, Michael and Nick Martinez are all free agents. And the team is looking to cut payroll, potentially considering a trade of star outfielder Juan Soto. A year before he's due to hit free agency still... There's enough talent in San Diego to envision a playoff-caliber team, and Schilt's duty will be to find it as he did with St. Louis after taking over the Cardinals in the middle of 2018. Following Mike Matheny's firing and going 41-28, Schilt managed St. Louis to a playoff appearance in each of his first three seasons. The Cardinals advanced to the National League Championship Series in 2019 when they were swept by the eventual World Series champion Washington Nationals and lost the wild card round in 2020 and 2021. Schilt's firing, which came after a year in which the Cardinals won 17 consecutive games in September to sneak into the playoffs, was due to, quote, philosophical differences. Cardinals president of baseball operations, John Moselak, said at the time, after eight successful seasons managing the Cardinals, minor league system. Schilt was promoted to the major league staff in 2017 as quality control coach. He was Matheny's bench coach in 2018 before taking over the big league job. Mike Schilt's a baseball guy always has been, and he spent his entire life in the game. He's managed at every level. He had a shit ton of success. With the St. Louis Cardinals. How and why he was fired is just beyond me. John Moselock said something along the lines of, yeah, look, we had philosophical differences. That's fine. They won 17 consecutive games in the month of September to get them into the playoffs in 2021. Just an insane run. Obviously, Shill rallied the troops to be able to get into the postseason, and then he was promptly rewarded with a saya as he was ousted from St. Louis. I was wondering how quickly he would get a job again. Well, it only took a couple years, but I think he's inheriting a team that has all sorts of potential. Sure, you might lose Snell and Hayter, but so long as you still have the core nucleus of that offense that's gonna be nasty you got soto you got machado and then of course you have my favorite player in major league baseball fernando tatis jr if you finally get all three of those guys firing on all cylinders and then you back it up with some depth in the lineup a decent rotation they know what they have to do to be better, and it's the bullpen. Their bullpen struggled last year. They were in a lot of games. And look at their run differential. They had an unbelievable run differential, which I then could argue they just dealt with some shit luck when it comes to winning baseball games. So going forward here, I think Mike Schilt is the right guy. He's a no-nonsense guy. He doesn't seem to give a fuck. He's going to manage the team the way he wants to manage a team. He obviously has a good relationship with AJ Preller, who brought him in. And I got to believe they see eye to eye. Now, Preller's a little bit of a different dude. This is somebody that for years has taken advantage of the international market. He is someone who has very strong philosophical beliefs, if I could say. Uh, when it comes to building a baseball team. And ultimately, I think this will be a very good blend in San Diego. Mike Schilt, the new manager of your San Diego Padres. All right, the next article here. Last night, the Chiefs and the Eagles went at it In a rematch of the Super Bowl in February. And my goodness, it was a great matchup. The Eagles played well. But all the talk at the end of the game was why can't the Chiefs catch a fucking baseball? Seriously. Of all the things, That you think would be a huge issue for the Chiefs. Catching a baseball, or excuse me, catching a football is not that hard. My screen right now is completely frozen. I have no idea what happened. I'll just keep firing because hopefully the audio is still working. But I'm looking at this thing, and here's an article. It says a Chiefs fan. Dropping Patrick Mahomes toss gloves perfectly summed up. I think I'm back. It says we're streaming. Hopefully that's the case, so I'll finish this thing up. But basically, a Chiefs fan dropping Patrick Mahomes' tossed gloves perfectly summed up the Chiefs' awful night. If you want to sum up what Kansas City Chiefs struggle with against the Philadelphia Eagles and have the whole season, frankly, in the 21-17 loss on Monday, it's one word, drops let's see leslie just texted me oh i am back thank you les i appreciate that i'm glad i could pull a quick disappearing act receivers continuing to draw patrick mahomes passes i didn't know this was an issue with the chiefs You know, i don't pay attention that much i know uh travis Kelsey, and he doesn't drop shit now although he did drop one last night as well the drops are contagious Receivers continue to drop Patrick Mahomes passes at an alarming rate, including one from Marquez Valdez Scantling, in which he was wide open downfield with 142 left in the contest for what would have been a go-ahead touchdown, and we would have hit our over on the teaser that we placed, and holy shit, balls! I can't believe he fucking dropped it. Oh, talking about a dagger to the heart. Which brings us to the moment captured by cameras in which Mahomes threw his gloves to a Chiefs fan in the crowd and the diehard dropped them, which led to everyone making the exact same joke. Look, you got to catch football. I don't know what adjustments that Chiefs receivers have to make, but if you got to put sticky shit all over your hands to the point where it's like gooping off. Do it. I don't care. Catch the fucking football. It's not hard. It's really not. It's repeated practice over, 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 and over again. Spit it out of the machines where it's firing it like 65 miles per hour. That's the problem. You get in these game sort of situations. And look, I don't know how they do it in Kansas City. I don't know how they do it really in the NFL. But I got to believe they're running the route. It's fine and dandy. All the catches are easy. Well, if you want to hit in a big-time game situation, you know what you got to do? You got to practice for that situation. So it's the same thing with the Chiefs. Trying to catch a football. If you want to catch a football in a big time situation like that, on a tough throw like that, you have to practice with that same sort of intensity. Now, does that mean the defense is there to take your head off? No. But it does mean that you run your routes at full speed, you're catching balls at full speed, your Mahomes, you're firing the ball at full speed. All these things will then eventually lead, ideally, if you're a Chiefs fan, to them finally catching the football. All right, the other big story around the NFL, at least in my world, the Buffalo Bills have opened as underdogs at the Philadelphia Eagles in Week 12. The Buffalo Bills are underdogs for just the second time this season. Their Week 12 opponent, the Philadelphia Eagles, deserve to be favored hanging in this game with the best record in the league. Over at DraftKings Sportsbook, the Bills currently are sitting at 6-5. and five. They've opened and as three-and-a-half-point underdogs to the red-hot 9-1 Eagles. The over-under for the game is set at 47 and a half. That's a lot. With the Bills sitting at plus 160 on the money line and the Eagles at minus 192. With the odds like these, it's no wonder there's so much anticipation surrounding next Sunday's matchup. All right. I don't hand out too many picks here, but the bills plus three and a half fucking book it plus three and a half. As a matter of fact, if you want to take it on the money line, go ahead and do that too. That's a lot. You have a Buffalo team that arguably just played the best game of the season. It's cleanest game. They were absolutely firing on both ends of the football. They have a resurgence within the offense where you got Josh Allen dialed in All do respect to Ken Dorsey I you know they made the change in offensive coordinator I'm not sure if that had a ton to do with it or not but the bottom line was the Bills offense looked good the defense looked good the special teams were playing well and let's not forget a lot of people thought this was the best team in football heading in to Oh, this is exactly why, exactly why my wife and I are going to have to have a talk. Now, obviously, she's not tuned in the Daily Hustle. As she's just blowing up my phone on a FaceTime right now. It's a crying shame. It really is. But the Bills, the thing about them is that they're fucking desperate. And you got the Eagles, who are coming off this huge win in Kansas City. And you can make an argument they shouldn't have won that game. They really shouldn't have. I mean, they were getting beat up in the first half. If Butterfingers catches a ball at the end of the game, they're not winning that game. That game goes to the Chiefs. Well, they do win the game. They had a happy flight home back to Philadelphia I don't know, last night, I imagine or this morning and it's going to be all right cool hey all gravy well what's next the buffalo fucking bills they're coming in they're coming in hungry i see them covering the three and a half i actually see them winning this game if you want to take plus 160 on the money line go ahead and do that it says after an impressive 32 to 6 victory over the new york football jets and i yeah i do get it it was the jets buffalo will look to carry that momentum into the game against philly quarterback josh allen put on a show showcasing his dual threat abilities and reminding bills mafia why they fell in love with him in the first place interim offensive coordinator joe brady gave allen the freedom to be himself in key moments and it paid off in a big way running back james cook who also had another standout performance further solidified the Bills' offensive success on the defensive side, cornerback Rasul Douglas made a significant impact with two interceptions and a fumble recovery, underscoring the depth of the talent of the Buffaloes defense. Let Josh play. You can't put Josh in a box. You got to let him go out there and do his thing. And when it comes to James Cook, look, James Cook's been explosive all fucking year. The problem is he's got to hold on to the football. I mean, it's the same thing with the Chiefs. Like last night, you got to catch the ball. You got to hold on to the ball. Turnovers are an absolute death sentence in the NFL. On the other hand, the Eagles have notched an impressive 9-1 record despite struggling to find their rhythm at times during the season. Their Week 11 Monday night football win over Kansas City showcased Philadelphia's ability to pull off wins against teams even when things aren't going according to plan. With a strong defense, particularly the formidable run-stop unit the eagles are a force to be reckoned with in the league but the eagles did show vulnerability in kansas city surrendering 168 yards around twice their average each game this season the intriguing matchup between the bills and the eagles has ushered in plenty of questions and predictions will buffalo be able to build on their recent victory and pull off an upset against the eagles how will the eagles defense handle the dynamic Playmaking abilities with Josh Allen. These are just a few of the questions on mind as we turn the attention to the showdown in the city of brotherly love. Okay. I mean, the other one besides the bomb that was dropped, they had fourth of 24 and should have converted it. And there was another ball. Now, last night, I'll give the receivers a little bit of a pass because it was wet the entire time and it seemed like it was raining the whole time but that's still that's not that's not enough to make it an excuse and say oh well he should no no catch the fucking football plain and simple let's get into the cbs scores from yesterday as we mentioned it was the eagles 21 17 over the chiefs eagles covered the plus two and a half the undercash is in pretty easily at 46 around the association we don't talk a lot of nba here and eh, i'd say for good reason henry marken we bring him on our nba expert we did have an nba expert rick buker and actually i bet you rick would come back on if i asked him like no problem but well, i don't get into it too much but just kind of give you an idea of what's going on around the nba right now nuggets are 10 and 4. They had a 107-103 victory against the Pistons who are 2-10. and 10. The Bucks, 142-129 over the Wizards. The Bucks cover the minus 10. The OU on this was 245 and a half, which is just like a ridiculous number. And the overhit no problem. Apparently, the Wizards, Scott Bian Pelt made the joke about it last night. They were like, yeah, hey, let's go to the gym and. Yo, run it up and down the court, you get your sweat on, I get mine, and no one plays defense and we just fire away some shots. Well, that's apparently how the Wizards play basketball. The Wizards are 2 and 11. The Bucks 10 and 4. Celtics are 11 and 2 now after losing to the Hornets 121 to 118, so a big win for Charlotte. Good on them. Uh Charlotte is 4 and 9. The Kings go down to the Pelicans. The Kings are 8 and 5, Pelicans 7 and 7. This was a fucking beatdown though. One twenty nine ninety three. The Bulls go down to the Heat. The Heat are nine and five. One eighteen one hundred. Bulls are five and ten. The Knicks are eight and six, but they went down the Timberwolves, who are ten and two. One seventeen one hundred last night, and then the Clippers one twenty four ninety nine over the three and eleven Spurs and the Golden State Warriors finally here. They're 7 and 8 now after a 121-116 victory over the Rockets. NC2A men's basketball, number 7 Tennessee 73-56 over Syracuse, number 2 Purdue. 73-63 over Gonzaga. That's a big win for Purdue early in the season. Virginia goes down to Wisconsin. Virginia was ranked number 24, 65-41 beatdown. Kentucky, they're number 16, 96-88 winners over St. Joe's. Texas goes down to Yukon. So Texas is 15, Yukon is 5, 81-71. Colorado, they're ranked number, what, 18, 64-59 winners against Richmond. Probably a little too close for their liking. Number one, Kansas. The Jayhawks, 83-56 over Chaminade. And then UCLA. They were 3-0 going into the matchup, and this is why I even brought up college basketball today. I read an article on this game earlier. They had a 12-point lead against Marquette. They were not able to hold on. Marquette is the fourth-ranked team in the country. Shaka Smart has got Marquette firing. Uh, They come back. They win the game Ah, 71-69. Still looks good as far as I'm concerned for the Bruins and the outlook. Around the NHL. Panthers, 5-3 over the Oilers. Lightning, 5-4 over the Bruins. Stars, 6-3 over the Rangers. The Preds, I did see this highlight. They scored twice in the last 38 seconds to tie the game, then take the lead. 4-3 winners against the Avalanche. Kings, 4-1 over the Coyotes. The Flames, 4-3 over the Seattle Kraken. I love that name. And then the sharks, and you're wondering how the San Jose sharks are doing, and I was wondering, they're 3,14 and one. They go down three- one to the Vancouver Canucks. We could actually play a game here to see if I could get all of the hockey cities. You guys want, want to try it? Let's do it. All right, the Oilers. Edmonton, one for one. The Panthers. Florida, two for two. The Bruins, Boston. The Lightning, Tampa. So I'm four for four. The Rangers, New York, five for five. The Stars, Dallas, six for six. Colorado Avalanche, seven for seven. The Predators are Nashville, eight for eight. LA Kings, nine for nine. Coyotes, Arizona, 10 for 10. The Flames, Calgary, 11 for 11. The Kraken, Seattle, 12 for 12. The Sharks, San Jose, obviously, thirteen for thirteen, and the Canucks, Vancouver, fourteen for fourteen. Ah, Joe and Pat, my hockey fans, fuck off. It's too easy. I like that game. It's kind of fun. All right, let's uh, let's get on one more thing here. We're thirty-five minutes into it. I got a lot of these articles. That I've been writing down and not writing down, but just putting down that I've been wanting to get to. Here is uh, one that's, this is gonna leave some room for debate airplane etiquette. That's right. The do's and don'ts for your next flight. Planes are going to be packed. Patience will be tried. Some level of aggravation is all but inevitable. Throwing a seat kicker, a tipsy stranger. And someone who's blissfully barefoot in November in the Thanksgiving Odyssey becomes a little more challenging. Yes, it does. And this year is poised to be a record setting for air travel. The Transportation Security Administration expects to screen more people on the Sunday after the holiday, November 26th, than any day in more than 20 years. And some airlines are expecting their busiest Thanksgiving season ever all right it says it starts with hello be polite to the flight crew greeting you it goes a long way when you're pleasant to the first person you see on the plane and that's the flight attendant not that hard let's see here number two about those headphones earbuds and noise canceling headphones are a double-edged sword great for blocking out the world when it's intrusive but not so great for paying attention when it matters. Yeah, I get it. But you get on a plane, you got the headphones on, I just kind of means you want to stay in your own world. I don't think think there's anything wrong with that. Uh, Kids on a plane says, quote, I feel like we really need to give grace to traveling parents because we all know it's not the baby's fault. And it puts a parent in such an uncomfortable situation to see people rolling their eyes. They don't want the baby to cry any more than we do. But kids gone wild scenarios are another story. Inattentive parents frequently make the list of the most annoying behaviors on planes. You can't do anything about the baby crying, but you can do something about the toddler going up and down the aisle and poking at people and the... Five, six year old that keeps kicking the chair in front of them. Uh uh-uh. uh. You got to stop that shit. Pay attention to it. And kids like to climb on things. So if they're climbing on the seat in front, you got to pay attention. That's on the parent. The crying thing, I'm good. I get it. Totally understand. The other stuff, not so much. So here it is a seat kicking, the other conflict. Seat kicking is a frequent passenger complaint along with armrest hogging and a laundry list of other grievances. I think that we all have to just be a little kinder to each other if someone's kicking your seat, you have to be an adult and turn around and speak to the person. So if, I'm, if I know I'm the passenger that wants to have the window shade closed the whole flight, I'll turn to my neighbor and say, does anyone want the window shade open? It's my preference to have it closed. You know what? That's not your call, buddy. If you want the window shade closed, buy a fucking window seat. My goodness. I'm not the one that stuck you in the aisle or the middle seat. Everyone's got a choice of where that is. If you're in the aisle or if you're in the middle, this isn't a democracy. This is a 100% dictatorship. And the person who's going to decide is the one in the fucking window seat. So if I'm sitting in the window seat and I like the natural light coming in, I'm gonna have the fucking natural light come in. Good golly, had someone try to tell me to close it once, dude. I'm good, man. Here, here, here's a little bit for you. I gave, I gave him like this much. Oh, but wait, there's more. The rule on armrest is a good one. As for the armrest, Gotsman said the middle seat gets priority. On both? Really? I always say the middle person gets both armrests, gets to choose. Let's put it that way, she said, adding that the middle seat occupant should be able to decide which way they want to lean. Ah, I don't know. I kind of feel like if you're in the middle seat, you're just lowest priority. Oh, I've sat in the middle seat. I know it sucks, but you got to know your place in society. You got to know your place in the aisle. Know your place on the plane. I don't think you get both armrests. You know, one of the two is going to give you the armrest. I'll usually give the armrest. I'm in the aisle. I'm going to lean towards the aisle. Now, the problem with that is the flighty thing comes by with the cart, like, <clears throat> bound, like looking for elbows to knock. That's happened to me all too often but i typically because i'm a nice guy i'll give up the armrest to the person in the middle seat okay <laughs> a measured approach to seat reclining the seat reclining question certainly cannot be resolved here to recline or not to recline is a hot button issue with many travelers on both sides but bringing courtesy. To whichever way you lean is key. Leaning backwards. If you're going to recline your seat, it's important to look backwards and see if someone's knees are up against the seat. See if the tray table is down. See if they've got food on the table. Yada, yada, yada. Rich Henderson believes in reclining with a caveat. As a general rule, I feel like a person should be able to use their seat the way that it's designed to be used. The right thing to do on a flight that offers meal service is to put your seat forward during that time. I could not disagree more. Do not recline. Get the fuck out of the other person's lap. Your head doesn't want to be there. They don't want you there. It's not good for your back. It's there's nothing. Nothing that's okay about reclining your seat. Zero. I don't do it in first class. I don't do it in coach. As a matter of fact, when we go on our typical Southwest flight, I make our family go all the way to the back to the seats that don't recline. We're not even going to give you an option. And if you try to recline on me, go ahead. Give it a good old college try. You're going to get my fucking knee. I promise you that. You're going to get the, uh, uh, and, and several times you'll get it initially when you recline and I could be sitting there and have it not even affect me. And I see that like, as it goes down, I'll come up like real hard just to knock you, just to let you know, let look here. Motherfucker. This is not a spa. This is an airplane. This isn't like, hey, we're all, related. no, dude, sit up, grab your book, watch your show, do whatever you got to sh- do, but you're not going to do it in my fucking lap. It's not happening. Don't be a recliner. Don't do it. All right, we could argue about this over and over and over and over again, but just don't do it. Um, Boozied it up. Some of the most egregious air rage incidents of the past few years have involved alcohol. A passenger who had a few drinks at the airport bar and has a few more on the plane may not make the best seatmate or customer. Some end up facing hefty fines. I think it's important to drink in moderation. The flight attendant's got to try to keep people off that are intoxicated. Just that there's, I don't know if you got to go through a breathalyzer first or whatever, but no. Nah, I think that might be a way to do it. I'm serious. Where you take a breathalyzer before you get on the plane. Because drunk assholes on a plane, no bueno. Smelly feet or any feet at all, really. Gotsman urges passengers to choose a pair of shoes that will be comfortable throughout the flight, even if your feet swell. It's not okay to kick off your shoes and take a little nap. The nap is fine, but the shoes should stay on. And you don't want to walk up and down the cabin to the restroom and back barefoot or in socks. All right, this one, I'm a little bit more lenient because my feet swell up on a flight and I will often take off my shoes and not my socks. I'm not going bare pickle here on the airplane, but I will take off my shoes because I don't want that extra swelling. It's not good for me, but I also won't do it it if I'm in tight confines. And a lot of times I'll even slip them off and leave them right under. You won't even know. And I'll put my feet on top of my shoes. So then I can slip them right back in if that is the case. So there's your airline etiquette, daily hustle advice. You can use it however you would like to. Let's finish off this show with a little man's search for meaning. Victor A. Franklin. but it is not for me to pass judgment on those prisoners who put in who put their own people above everyone else who can throw a stone at a man who favors his friends under circumstances when sooner or later it is a question of life or death no man should judge unless he asks himself in absolute honesty whether in a similar situation he might not have done the same Uh, this is a good lesson for all of us because they say do not judge another man until you've walked a mile in his shoes and i think that is perfectly appropriate we can analyze but be slow to judge quick to analyze slow to judge I'm not asking you not to have an opinion. I'm not asking you to you know, completely all of a sudden say the guy who reclines his seat is the lowest of low lives in the world. We can't just rush to that judgment or that he's a selfish prick. Now, what I may not know or understand is the dude's got a back problem, and when he sits upright, Like, it really bothers him. So in order for him to recline, it alleviates pressure from his back and makes it a much more comfortable flight. If that were the case and somebody turned around and told me that, I'd be like, hey, all good. Come here. Come here, buddy. (laughs) Come on and sit in my lap. But again, we just don't know until you go ahead and walk that mile in that Man's shoes. Everyone have a fantastic day. Back at you tomorrow with the daily hustle. Giuseppe, Pepe, Manuele coming up to Lake Tahoe today. It'll be fun to see him. And then we got Johnny Donuts, Johnny Donuts, and Joey Meatballs uh, attending some festivities at the Burns household tonight. See if we can get them on in the morning. Uh, to all the people watching live on No Filter Network. We appreciate you, and yes, Les, thanks for uh, being my communication this morning. If you're listening on Apple, Spotify, wherever else, Caffeine TV, Fubo, if you guys could go ahead and kindly leave a review, if you're feeling generous, five stars would be fantastic. We'd greatly appreciate it. Don't be afraid to tell a friend about the DH. That's it. Everyone have a great day. See ya!